Hi and welcome. You are listening to the Get Into Your Skin podcast, where we talk anything and everything skincare and mental health. Each week, we will explore inner and outer beauty at the intersection of a medically informed point of view and the curiosity of a skincare amateur. Speaking of which, I am uh, one of your hosts, Isabella Torrios, the representative of the lay audience for this hour. And I'm excited to introduce my co-host, Dr. Kumar Naran, a dermatology resident in Chicago. Hello. Hi, <laughs> okay, so we're doing another heavy hitter today, and they are retinoids. Um, what is a retinoid? Favorite. <laughs> what is favorite a retinoid? Uh, really? okay. Oh yeah, absolute favorite topic. Uh, what is a retinoid? A retinoid is any substance that is a derivative of vitamin A. Okay. So retinol is a retinoid, but not all retinoids are retinol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Retinoid okay. is an umbrella term for all of these types of vitamin A creams that we hear about. Retinol being one of them, being an over-the-counter version, uh, an extremely weak but non-irritating version. And there's tretinoin or retinoic acid is another popular one. And I think that's the most popular prescription version. And they all fall under the broad category of retinoid, which is the name for the class of drug. And vitamin A is the most essential vitamin for our skin cells. Okay. And retinoids are derivatives of vitamin A that you put on your skin, but can you like eat vitamin A your way into skin health? That's a great that question. <laughs> you, you can. You know, I always found uh, the eating of ingredients so interesting, like the collagen movement, which mostly has been debunked, but I have even really? bought collagen. Yeah, oh, I, I, I bought it. You know, it's it's so funny. It's just like, oh, yeah. You it's disgusting, this. though. Right. It is disgusting. It's like, oh, you want more of this substance? Okay, eat it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it kind of makes sense. It's also, it doesn't always work like that. Uh, but um, vitamin A can be made into pill form. There are two classes that we popularly use. One is isotretinoin, which we've talked about on this podcast, and we should talk about more, which is Accutane. Very popular for acne patients, also helps with anti-aging when taken long-term. It is a wonderful, wonderful drug um, that has helped a lot of people. The other is acetretin. It is in a different class, but also an oral vitamin A pill that helps with psoriasis and other immune regulated keratinocyte dysfunction or skin cell dysfunction diseases. So those are less so for our populations that just want to improve their skin and more so if you have a disease that you want to really target. That's interesting to know that it just doesn't go straight into the stomach and like disappear or, you know, it does get absorbed in the, a proper way. Yes, this one does get absorbed in the proper way. Granted, if you eat retinols, it will not help you. Those creams you have to put on your face. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk someday about um, like beauty vitamins because I definitely buy into that where they have like keratin and vitamin C and then they're like little gummies that are supposed to make you pretty. Um, <laughs> Good buzzwords. Yeah, <laughs> they're literally called like beauty gummies or something okay. anyway what are the functions of the retinoids so the functions of the retinoids pretty much everything uh, i will start by saying retinoids i absolutely love them because they are the most studied medication or vitamin in derm ever 
it, it, there's so much money that has been poured into this and there's so much money that has come from this revolving around this vitamin because it is phenomenal. It affects every part of your skin at a deep nuclear level. And what I mean by that is you can have things that affect the surface of your skin or cover the surface of your skin, but not penetrate. This not only penetrates, but vitamin A goes down to the genetics and activates increases in protein. And so you have increases in protein in the keratinocytes, which are the skin cells that make them more robust. It also makes them turn over quicker. It activates them at the basal layer of the skin. And so you have what people love to say is a rapid turnover with retinols or retinoids, which is true. It is not their only function though. It is a great function. Another function is that it increases the amount of collagen that you have, and it decreases the amount of degradation of that collagen. Another function is that it increases the barrier of the skin. And so it makes your skin more healthy. You don't lose as much moisture. And they've shown over and over again that any way that you put this on, it is going to help you. It may be a little sore inducing in the beginning, but it's going to help you. And another thing that it's incredible, the effects keep getting better and better over time. Week after week, the effects are exponentially increasing. So it's not, you're not just stopping with one application, but as you keep putting it on, you get to new levels of skin health. And not, that not only includes the collagen, the skin cells like we talked about, but also the pigmentation. It evens out the pigment of your skin. It decreases any dark marks that you already have. And it makes you just look overall beautiful, just firm, young, tone, everything you'd want. So you said it's like very well researched and there's some money into it. But like how reason is this like retinoid research boom? Like how, or how long has this been going on? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's actually been going on since the sixties. There's a guy named Kligman, he's from UPenn. And unfortunately, a lot of the research was done on prison patients. It was certainly uh, maybe unethical. What? Yeah, done on prison That's patients. A lot, of, a lot of dark skin prison patients who had no idea what was going on. And there's a lot of controversy regarding that. Uh, but it's old, old, um, old derms and doctors doing things that at the time uh, didn't have as much regulation as it does now. And the patents for this vitamin A have then been converted towards cosmetics in the 1980s. So they've been around for 40 years, multiple decades. And there has been billions of dollars around these patents and they've been reinvented, recreated. Usually patents expire, but this is worth so much money that they have been done a good job. Mm -hmm. The patent lawyers have all come in and done a great job at making sure that nobody can touch this because as a prescription medication, one, not only is this a phenomenal medication, it's extremely effective for whatever it is you need to do, but two, it is all encompassing. It, it just really touches mm -hmm. every part of your skin. So you don't need to combine different formulations in order to get your effect. You could just use vitamin A and that pretty much does everything. Vitamin A and sunscreen is all you really need. So two questions. One is, Maybe it's because I wasn't as plugged into, but it does feel like they have become a lot more popular very recently. Like, I don't think 10 years ago, or I speak to my mom or something, and she doesn't really know what they are. But 
in the Durham, Durham world, obviously they've been around for like a while. <laughs> but do you, do you think it's like recently become more popularized? Maybe, I don't know if it's like the internet or some sort of like publicity campaign. Yeah, reinvented. I think mm -hmm. social media is so good about educating others about skincare. And it's hard to research skincare as an influencer or as a layman and not stumble upon retinoids. And then once you get there, you there are so many different types of retinoids. It could be overwhelming. And I think in recent years, they've been very good at pushing retinols. And retinols <laughs> are the weakest form of retinoids. They're over the counter, but also they are very low irritation potential chemicals. And it is easy to sell you on the idea of retinoids being the wonder drug, which I believe it is, but then sell you a very cheap knockoff of it. And I think that is what we've, that's the world that we are in, where there is retinol everywhere, but retinol has to be in the right formulation that matters. The way it is made, it matters. Uh, the best analogy I've heard is that you can have all the ingredients to make a cake and you can put it into a bowl. That doesn't mean you made a cake. You have to do it right. in the right steps. And so a lot of this retinol isn't manufactured properly. It's not in the right vehicle. It's also not in the right concentration. Even at its highest concentration, it's still 20 times weaker than the weaker prescription medications. That all being said, it is hard to know who to trust when you have so much influence and so much social media around you. You want to just get retinol into your regimen. It is easy to pick something approachable, even if it doesn't work and it could just be all hocus pocus. But I think in the past, we didn't have so much access to social media, to um, information and to easy over-the-counter products that you had to go to a derm, they would give you tretinoin. So now we're talking about different levels of retinoids, retinol being the weakest, tretinoin being the mainstay of the prescription drugs. You would get that and you would get great results, but the problem with stronger medications is you would also get side effects. Okay. And I think a lot of people want wonderful skin, but they don't want to work for it. So do you think, because my second question was, it's why the barrier of having it be a prescription? Like is, because there is side effects to other stuff that don't require a prescription. So why, why that barrier, do you think? It's a great question. I think the barrier, there's a couple things to it. One, as a prescription medication, it is uh, effective for what we want to treat. And so it is a very concentrated, potent drug. And so if you use it incorrectly, it can cause a good amount of irritation. And so usually when you have over-the-counter drugs, it needs to be so safe that a child can use it. And tretinoin mm -hmm. is one of those where you need some guidance. Okay. You need somebody who's been there before to walk you through it, to reassure you because it is not easy medication to use. And I, I think it's the same way. I look at retinoids the same way I look at working out. You want to do it as much as possible. You want to do it as much as possible as your body is capable for. As you do it more, you'll become more capable. There is different levels of working out. I think retinols are like walking. And if that is all you can handle, great. But most of us can handle more, especially if we're young and especially if we're driven, we can run, right? And that's where you get into the tretinoin. 
but you have a level of retinoids that feels like you're doing CrossFit. And I feel like nobody should pick up CrossFit on their own, right? I mean, okay. If you're really driven, go for it. But for the majority of the pop population, they should be doing it in a class or they should be doing it with some guidance or somebody who's done it before. And I think it's the same with medications. I am sure there's plenty of um, money in the pharma industry from keeping in a prescription. I am sure there's plenty of regulation behind this that I'm not aware of. Also, there are uh, side effects like teratogenic effects, which negatively affects babies. It has not right. been proven, but it's theoretical. And so when you have that level of danger, it's good to keep it as a prescription. So if tretinoin is the running, what is a CrossFit? And is the oral form like marathon? <laughs> Uh, yeah, like no, uh, yeah. pushing the metaphor too far. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think you nailed it. I think uh, so. I'll go through the form. So retinol, like we talked about, is the walking. That's the weakest form. A little bit weaker than that is retinol. Retinol ester with a Y. Uh, nobody really uses that. You could find it in some products. I would just stay away. It's not worth your time. Retinol. I also don't think it's worth your time because I don't think we should be walking. And they sell for very expensive. Very expensive. And I think it's it's all marketing and, and you shouldn't go anywhere near it. If you're going to pay that much, you might as well pay that much for the guidance and use a product that costs much less and it's covered by your insurance and do it right. Something that is 20 to 100 times more potent. So then you have retinol. So you have retinol is the weakest, then retinol is normal. Retinol is... Uh, patented and only used by I believe a company called a Ven is a French company it's very effective it's the closest thing to a prescription that is not a prescription but we don't have a lot of access to it here and it's not so popular in the states and then you have adapalene which is now over the counter it's different gel popularly uh, that is quite nice I think that's like jogging or maybe a little bit of light running and then you have tretinoin, which is your working out regularly or you're running a mile to three miles a day, depending on how you're using it, right? You're definitely fit. Nobody questioning you otherwise, regardless of what age you are. If you're doing that much exercise a day, you're very fit. And any lifting equivalent to that amount of running, we'll just use running. And then above that would be Tazerac or Tazeratin. That is extremely aggressive. And it is also incredible. I personally use that. I think it, if you can handle it, I'd work my way up, but now I can handle it. And then on top of that is isotretinoin, which is Accutane. And that what you would take orally. Okay. And that was, that is as intense as it gets. So I think Tazerac would be our CrossFit. Tazerac. And okay, the tretinoin, should we actually be worried about like the, the percentages or is it just such a minuscule, minuscule, uh, like difference or like to be yeah. asking for more or less? It is a minuscule difference. I, I think at that point you're, it's between running two miles or running three miles. If you're okay. doing it, you're, you're running two miles a day. You're super healthy. If you can run three miles a day, awesome. But you don't need to. Because I did notice that um, the various times that I've gotten is prescribed, nobody asked me and they just gave me like whatever percentage. I don't know if that's normal, um, but I was just like, here's pick up and then figure out what percentage it is, like surprise. Um, and the Accutane, no one, like only people with like acne should be taking that, right? It's not like, oh, I want to be so young. 
that I should take Accutane? Or, you know, I, I believe in microdosing some medications. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think that Accutane, as a doctor, I will tell you that Accutane should be used just for acne and a couple yeah. other acne-like disorders that we use it for. It's an extremely powerful medication. It can have ramifications on your liver um, and a couple other things like triglycerides, cholesterol that we don't want to mess with. And it has triogenic effects. It would, it'll definitely mess up a baby. You cannot be on Accutane. You have to go through a lot of hoops like we talked about last time if you want to get on it because it could really, really mess up a kid. And then there's this debunked association with depression. So you should oh, be yeah. on Accutane. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be on okay, Accutane yeah. if you don't need to, but... It uh, also sounds like it's virtually impossible to get on Accutane. If you don't it's so, so difficult to yeah. get Accutane. But if you take Accutane over a lifetime, just a little bit here and there, it is the closest thing to an anti-aging pill we'd have. Okay, so my question about the word anti-aging, um, because... There's anti-aging, which could mean like slowing down, right? Which is probably what we mean by that. Mm -hmm. There's like, when I see marketing as like reverse aging, like, is that something that retinoids can do? Like actually, do you, do you know what like the difference? Be yeah, because yeah. it, it feels like sometimes you feel like you're putting it on and like removing lines that are already there as opposed to like them from getting worse. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think it's semantics at that point because I think retinoids is the best thing for anti-aging or de-aging or reverse aging that you can possibly have, right? It'll smooth out your wrinkles. It'll increase your okay. collagen. It'll decrease the acne scarring. It's the only topical that'll do that. It has a lot of potential for doing the effects that we want. I think calling anything reverse aging is bold. I think we we can't reverse age. It's just impossible. But if you want to do that, retinoids are your bet. Okay. So who who should be using retinoids? Everyone. Okay. Everyone should be using it. I think you should use it as much as you can. And you got to start okay. different places. I think everyone is ready for a different amount. Uh, and I'm going to use the working out analogy because it's my favorite one. The, me and The Rock, if we go walk in the gym and neither have lifted anything ever, we're not going to start lifting the same amount of weight. That's just not going to happen. I can't put myself at that level. But eventually, I will be able to lift an amount of weight that is really good for my body. And The Rock will lift a lot more, I am sure. <laughs> and we have different capacities. Same thing, if we start with retinoids, him and I would have different capacities to start a retinoid and we have a different capacity to end up at a different level. And I can tolerate a lot of retinoid, but only after a, a good amount of time training my skin to handle it. And I think everybody can get to that point just like working out. There's nobody, unless you're severely disabled and I'm talking about your skin now, if that is severely disabled, somehow you cannot tolerate it. But most people, they will get used to the retinoids and you can keep adding more and more at higher concentrations, higher levels until you get to one that is the right one for you. What does not tolerating look like? Like, how do you know 
if that's too much, like it's too much. Yeah, absolutely. So not tolerating when you start any retinoids, you will get sore. You, you'll just like if you start working out, you will get sore. Some soreness is good. And the soreness for skin with retinoids is peeling, flaking, a little bit of dryness, um, irritation in the form of dryness. It feels like your skin is tight and it's pulling. I could feel some burning sensations, some itching, some redness, and none of that sounds good. But if you get through it, just like you get through the soreness after you work out, you know the other side is incredible. And you know that if you keep doing it, you'll, your body will get used to it and then you can sustain a level. Now with retinoids, that same thing will happen. You will get through it and the grass is greener on the other side, I promise. But when you go to a new level, at some point, it'll just be too much for your skin where you're, all of those things I mentioned, that irritation will last for more than a few weeks or it's every time you put it on, no matter the situation versus, okay, it lasted for two weeks. Now I'm over it. Now my skin's adjusted and it happens once in a while, but it's not a big deal. So like that working out metaphor, I feel like if you push through a workout that you shouldn't, you can get hurt, right? Like if someone's like, okay, like this blows, this hurts really bad, but I keep pushing it. Like, does it eventually go away? Or do you recommend just being like, hey, lay off of it, wait another month with like the lower level and then try it again? Yeah, that's a great question. If it, if it just does not go away, what we are risking as darker skin patients, we're risking some hyperpigmentation. Mm. And so that is where this myth has been formed that darker skin patients should not be prescribed retinoids or not be given retinoids. And so for decades, prescribers have avoided retinoids in all darker skin patients. Rude. Yeah, rude. rude. <laughs> because they don't want their patients to work through it on their own, get hyperpigmentation and then come back and say, hey, you scarred me, which is also yeah. fair, right? And you don't wanna hurt anybody. And so that whole adage of do no harm, they would really stick by that and they try to avoid prescribing it. I think that you have to do something in between. I'm not gonna give you the strongest one if you have darker skin, um, but I'm gonna give you a good one. And I'm not gonna tell you to go get a retinol. I'm gonna give you a good prescription but give you plenty and plenty of counseling on how to deal with it. And so it, just like you asked, if you have some irritation for a couple of days, you know your body best. Nobody else knows how much irritation you're going through. Take a day off, take two days off, take three days off. I would not take a month off and I would not switch to something lower until you fail it over and over again. I would say at least three or four times. So take a couple of days off, do it again. Take a couple of days off, do it again. And I promise it'll get better and you can work through it. Till this day, I still get some irritation once in a blue moon, once every couple of months, once every three months, I'll feel a sensation of burning, but that's okay. I, I know how much it's done for me that a little bit is okay. No pain, no beauty. Yeah, I started putting it on my neck and I feel like that's where I start to get suddenly like red and I start, when I notice that I'm like going like this, like a dog, <laughs> like pawing at my own neck, like, okay, maybe time to take a day off or something and it does go away, but it is very uncomfortable. Um, mm -hmm. So is, is this myth of like, we shouldn't be prescribing retinols to like darker skin, is, is that because the research 
as in focus that much on darker skin? Does that mean? Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of research on darker skin for retinoids. Mm-hmm. But also, when I hand somebody cream and I say, go try this, and then I'll see you again in a month or two, by that time, you could already do some damage and get some irritation and post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And with okay. that PIH, you're not going to want to try another retinoid. And so it's a, it's a really tough line to follow because you want to give them, I want to give them the best thing for their skin, but I also don't want them to get hurt. And they have to get through this sensitive period just for a few weeks where they could be irritated and they push through it and then they give themselves PIH. If they get through that first couple of months without irritation and without pushing it, then they will never have PIH again, which is the exact opposite of what we experience as darker skin people. That's the incredible part is that since I've incorporated retinoids into my skin and after I got through that two month period, one, it is an anti-acne medication, right? That's why we prescribe it. So I don't get acne anymore. If I do get acne, I get a pimple here and there, especially if I fly on planes, that's my weak spot. If I do get acne, the retinoids will take care of it. It'll go away within 12 hours and there will be no PIH. As a kid and as a skin of color, I hated PIH more than I hate acne. And there's plenty of studies that show the same thing, that we as skin of color are more afraid of the PIH than we are of the acne because we deal with the PIH for months and months and months and they're clear dark spots versus an acne pimple. Wait, what is PIH? Pigment? Post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And that just looks, what does it look like? It looks like a like dark, a dark spot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. People have called them scars. They're not a scar. They'll go away, but it's when your melanocytes freak out because there's some inflammation in the area being the okay. acne. And so we get less inflammatory acne and less and less damage as we have retinoids involved in our skin. So it's like, I think it was episode four, maybe when Eva emailed about having like little spots, that's what we're talking about. Right? Most likely. But it can happen like after pimples. Mm-hmm. Okay. After pimples, after <laughs> connecting eczema. the dots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Um now to the application. Should, this I've seen a lot of the discussion. Um, should you apply your retinoids before or after your moisturizer? Great question. Great question. So I'll tell you now that the application of any topicals is mostly um, to get the maximum effect with the least amount of irritation. And when people tell you an exact regimen to follow, like a pea-sized drop, that's because it's just been passed down amongst the generations as that will cause the least amount of harm and it's the easiest to follow, but it is voodoo. Uh, there's no studies that show that that is the best way to do it. That's just how people have come to do it. So if you apply a retinoid on your skin first and then a moisturizer on top, the moisturizer will seal the retinoid in and make it more effective. If you use the retinoid alone, that's average. If you use the retinoid mixed with the moisturizer before you apply it, you just mix it in your hand and then you put it on, that weakens it a little bit. And if you put the moisturizer on first and then the retinoid on top, 
that's the weakest because it has to penetrate through that layer. And so a wonderful way to start using retinoids is to put the moisturizer on first, the retinoid on top. And then as you get used to that, maybe after a few weeks, you start mixing the two together. Then after another few weeks, you put the retinoid on first and then the moisturizer on top. And ultimately that's what you should be working towards because then you get the most effect. So I did have the, like, why only a pea-sized amount? <laughs> like, can you overdo retinoids? And is that just looking like a lot of irritation? Like, yeah, is, is, there, is there a concern with saying, all right, this is going to make me so beautiful. I'm putting like globs of it. Like what happens? Nothing, nothing wrong. Really? I think, yeah, nothing wrong. I think at some point you saturate your skin. There's just no more room for more to fit okay. onto your skin. And yeah. so the pea size is enough, but I will tell you, I put much more on than a pea size now that I'm used like, to it. Like a what? I, like I put a on maybe, I would say. Like a blueberry? <laughs> I'd say I put on uh, two or three peas. Okay, that's much more intuitive than yeah. going to other fruits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I'm like, okay, is it a pea size or is it like the toothpaste pea size, which is like a full, a full pea pod? Yeah, well, the best way I've heard is chocolate chip. <laughs> okay. But what, there's different sizes. <laughs> different sizes, I know. And, and I like the number of peas. I, okay, we'll stick with peas. Uh, a pea size drop two to three pea size is enough a pea size is enough to really get your face it it might not saturate every corner of it but if you're mixing in with a moisturizer it'll it'll get everywhere and then as you get better at it and more used to it you can use more and then as you apply it you classically are told to avoid the eye area the nose area and the lips why You're told that because those where your skin touches skin is where it's most sensitive. And so you can get a lot of drying and irritation in the corners of your lips. We call it chelitis, like we talked about, right? right? Yeah. Oh, right here. It's very drying. And then the corners of your eyes, right? And then underneath your eye is something we maybe mentioned is that that is a wonderful place for a retinoid, actually, because that's we get bags when our skin gets thinner. So we want a retinoid to thicken mm. the skin, but it is also an area of high irritation. So you're playing with fire. As you get more used to it, you want to add the retinoid there. Don't let anybody tell you never to put it there. Eventually you put it there, but it's just going to take you a minute. I definitely go ham under the eyes. Me too. Because the dark, um, the dark eyes. But yeah, the, helps? The, um, I don't know. I feel like it's just, taken like a before after picture I don't know I'm also like not to brag I'm pretty young I don't I didn't have any wrinkles I have one uh, <laughs> and I like put retinol on it every night just look at it like very intensely and it's still there but um but the one with the nostrils that hurts so bad like really really bad yeah that one hurts really badly. <laughs> and there's no need for retinol there right or retinoids there yeah, I do wonder about the nose a lot. I'm going to have to do some research. So I'm like, what does, how does a nose gauge? And I know this is very obsessive, but like I do it because I do put a little bit of retinol. And then when I do the, the derma rolling, I'm like, mm-hmm. should I be like stabbing it with needles as well? It's very confusing. 
That's a, that's a really good question. So a lot of our aging actually is not due to our skin decreasing in thickness, but it's mm. due to the muscles and the bone underneath. Because they're doing a lot of flexing? They're doing a lot of flexing that, that causes wrinkles, yes, but also the muscles as we get older, if you look at an older person, their muscles atrophy. So you, they get thinner and skinnier. And so as the muscles in your face get skinnier, it, you get more sunken in, you look older. Okay. And that's where a lot of our aging signs come in. Wrinkles is something that retinoids could fix definitely in your skin. But other signs of aging are more so because natural. And the nose is, stays the same. You're not gonna think. <laughs> and, and yes, yes, thanks for bringing me back. The nose doesn't have any muscle under it, right? There's, there's the nasalis, right. there's a couple of muscles, they're very small. But you have a lot of collagen, so the uh, you have a lot of cartilage. So the frame is always going to be the same, and so the nose is a place where it's not you don't really concentrate on for aging. Right. Okay. Um, why why are we supposedly uh, supposedly only using retinols at night? Great question. So. Other than adapalene and tazeratine, retinoids are photolabile. They're not photosensitizing. So it's a common myth. So uh, I'll separate the two. Photolabile means that they break down. The chemical itself breaks down in the sun. It doesn't do any damage to you. It just breaks down. It's not effective. So if you wear it during the day, it, it just starts breaking down. It becomes useless. It's now a moisturizer. Okay. Not even a good moisturizer, okay. it's just a moisturizer. If you, if a medication is photosensitizing, that means it makes you more sensitive to the sun. Retinoids do not do that. Okay, okay. so I feel like every every time that some someone different has prescribed me retinoids, they always go like, make sure you're wearing sunscreen. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's just like, is that because your skin is more sensitive? It's not because... I, I like interpreted that as like your skin will start like go on fire if you put on retinoids and then don't put on sunscreen um or is it just like derm being like put on sunscreen <laughs> right that's a, that's a trade for your beauty yeah. you have to wear some sunscreen uh <laughs> you know this is where it, it's really difficult to explain it because I, I say it's not photosensitizing but then you have to wear sunscreen that's actually true sunscreen is like eating healthy if you are going to work out and run two or three miles a day, there is no way that you recover unless you eat properly. And technically, all you need in the world is sunscreen and you'll look great. But technically, all you need in the world is to eat healthy and you'll look fine. But, you know, we've talked about like that. There's different forms of eating healthy and all that. But in terms of skin, it's much more narrow. It, it's just sunscreen during the day to allow your skin to recover because at night with the retinoids, you're doing a lot of work, just like working out. You are breaking things down, you're rebuilding, there's proteins involved. There's a lot of work that your body's doing. You gotta give it time to recover. And when you have sun damage, that is more fighting that it has to do and more recovering. And so sunscreen is going to protect you from that so that you can recover from the workout that you're doing all night. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, you already had the work working out metaphor prepared, or like is this just off the cuff? 
this is my favorite metaphor. I came up with it a couple of years ago when I started practicing. Okay. And I'm like, I it, it works for everyone. Love it. I think so. I think so. It, it has its limitations, but you haven't seen it yet. So it's good. <laughs> okay. Um, and one more thing, like, where are you putting on the retinols? Just on your face? I do. Yeah. I, I think I've heard a lot about people putting it on their neck. I think that's a great idea. I am not as used to doing that. I, I just don't have it in my habit yet. Uh, but I put it all over my face. I don't, I always spare the eyelids. There's no reason to put them there. It's not going to do as much as it will cause irritation. Um, but everywhere else I put it and I avoid the sides of my no nose, but I don't have a problem putting it around my mouth, my eyes. I put plenty of it every single day. I use it every single night and during the day. Uh, because I use tazeratine and tazeratine does not break down because of the sun. And so my skin's working out all day, all night uh, with sunscreen, of course. I do put it also on my hands, but I think, I think I'm going to run out really fast. <laughs> yeah. When companies give me uh, samples of other type of retinoids, I put them on my hands. Yeah. I'm, I could, I would bathe in it if I could. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. If I, if, if I could afford it, I would bathe in it. Um, right. I also put it on my shoulders. I have a couple keloids yeah. from uh, surgery and I have some acne, I think from when I was younger. And so some pH, so I put it there too. Wait, I put it on, under my armpits. Cause I have Why dark. do you put it under your armpits? Because it's dark. Does it help? I think so, actually. Yeah. I Is read it about irritating? it and I was like, it was at first, but like I did put on moisturizer, which I didn't realize that was something that you had to do on your armpits. Like I've always had darker armpits, like when I was um, like very little in ballet, even like my teacher pointed it out. <laughs> it was like very <laughs> scarring. <laughs> so I finally like looked up how to fix it and they said like put a little bit of retinol and then like moisturize it. Yeah, that's I think a it helps. Idea. I think retinol should be in the water. I, I think everybody should put it on all the time. It just really fixes everything with your skin. The only downside is irritation. <laughs> and I think that's why it's not prescribed more. And it did, yeah, the irritation. Okay, speaking of that, because I do have a question about the retinal uglies, which is irritation. Mm -hmm. um, so is it just, you know, it's like a very strong chemical, your skin is irritated, or I've seen it talked about this way on like social media that your skin is purging. Like, is there any truth to that? Absolute truth. Oh, wow. Truth. Okay. Purging is real. Purging is real. So when you have retinoids, when you start a retinoid journey, it takes two months because the average time for the skin to turn over is about a month. And when you use the retinoids at first, before you use the retinoids, your face will have different levels of turnover, different time frames. Some will be 20 days, some will be 25, some will be 30. Between parts of your face, because the left side of my face gets more sun because when I drive, my face is over there. And the right side of my face, I sleep on. So I have different factors over here. So everything is a little bit different. What the retinoids will do, it'll even out the planes of your face. So everything is moving in unison. And when it does that, it'll unroot and unearth all of the acne that you have built up deep down. Because any acne that you have showing up today has actually been forming for days and days before that and deeper down. 
And you can sometimes feel that, right? It's, I know I'm going to get a pimple tomorrow because you can feel it deep down. And, it hurts. and that's what's happening. And it hurts because it's deep down. So when you start the retinoids, it'll unearth all of that. It's like weeding a garden, right? It'll just, you got to take out all the bad first. And when it does that, then your skin can seal behind it. It moves that to the top, it moves it out. And when it does that, you and you break out because it's bringing out all the acne that you would have had in a week. It's bringing it out today and the acne that you were going to have today. It's coming out today. So instead of having a little bit here and a little bit in a week, you're having everything at once. So it, people get freaked out by the uglies and then you're getting the irritation. It's like, why would I do this horrible drug? Right. It's, it just doesn't make sense. But if you get through that, you then have such a strong barrier and such a healthy skin function that you will not form new acne because not only are you all the things that we've talked about, but a couple others is you're reducing the size of the sweat glands. You're killing some acne bacteria. You're increasing the blood flow in your face. So nutrients can move from side to side very quickly to wherever it's needed. And you have a chemical exfoliant. So people love exfoliating retinoids is the best exfoliant. It's a chemical exfoliant. And so the, the, Connections between the keratinocytes, the skin cells at the higher levels will be a little looser. So it'll fall off your face easier. It won't clog up your pores because when they get really sticky, that's where we create the clogging of the pores and we create comedones. So it does everything. It really normalizes your skin cells and, and that's what you want. And so when you do the uglies on your way to normal, you will get some breaking out sometime between week two and week six of a retinoid therapy. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but if it does, be prepared that it only lasts for a couple of weeks and then you never have to deal with acne again. Yeah. I think the word purging just sounds like so satisfying that I was like, there's no way this is real, but I guess it, it um, is. It is. Get out all the bad. I started during quarantine. I was smart about it. It's like, I don't have to see anyone for a couple months. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Do it during the winter. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I have any other questions. I think that's mostly it. Um, one of my questions was, is the hype behind retinoids well-founded? Will it actually keep me forever young? Well, yes. Yes. What do you think? Okay. Huh? What do you think? You've heard all of it. I think, I think it's the closest thing to keeping me forever young. So I will put all my eggs in the chicken, the basket. In the, in the, the eggs in the basket. Yeah, in the basket. <laughs> okay. Can't put it all back right. in the chicken. I was like, no, but there's another one with chickens, no? The one of the chickens. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> I don't know. Don't count your chickens or something. Yeah, I just derailed the whole podcast talking about chickens. <laughs> All right. Um, unless you have something to add, I'm going to close it out. This was a very acceptable awesome. length of podcast. Okay. Um, so please, if you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, and subscribe on Spotify to make sure you don't miss an episode of the Get Into Your Skin podcast. Also, um, check us out on YouTube and follow us on Instagram at Get Into Your Skin Pod and send in your questions to Get Into Your Skin Pod at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.